Welcome along to Spin Now with me, Katie, and I am so excited to introduce this week's special guest. As you know, everyone is back to school next week. And although children can be resilient, it's important that they have the time and space to prepare while making the most of getting back to school, getting back to the routine. And Aoife Lee, parent coach of parentsupport.ie, joins me this week to give us all the tips and tricks. Aoife, how are you? Good morning, Katie. I'm very well. And like everyone else across the country, we're getting geared up to um, yeah send the kids back to school, both primary and secondary. So I am uh, excited as everybody else to... Um, you know, get back, like you say, back into a bit of routine and, and not only just support the kids, but also ourselves, which is important to try and get a bit of organisation back in our lives. For sure, if I know as a mum myself, I live for the routine. And every time I say I'm so excited for the kids to go back, I have people looking at me going, really? Mom of the Year Award. But really, for me, it's I know my kids are like me and they love routine and they love structure. So they're a bit all over the place in the summer. Am I right in saying that when they get back, that structure and routine is really good for them? Yeah, it is. And, and for, for kids young and old, our preschoolers, primary and our, our teenagers, and for the adults themselves. That, and I do get what you're saying about, you know, can't wait to get the kids back. Like, at the end of the day, the summer is a little bit more of a slower pace. We're kind of juggling a bit more because either they're in camps or they're trying to figure out what to do. And then for many, you know, um, families are working. So routine creates predictability and consistency and it forms good positive habits and while yes we always need to expect the unexpected routine can be really helpful for kids that maybe are struggling a little bit about anticipating the return maybe they are feeling a little bit worried or anxious that having that predictability and them knowing what to expect um, from how the morning will flow to obviously the, 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 the clear structures both in school but also in the evening times can really have such benefits to all our kids and um, it might take a little bit of um, you know getting back into the swing of it but once you do everybody benefits. I love that and listen I love how you said there that it can be anxious you know kids can feel anxious about going back and that's something not a lot of people look at they kind of think well the kids are used to it's that time of the year let's get their new bags their new uniforms get them back in but talk to me a little bit about how kids can be anxious going back to school whether it be primary secondary or third level education. Mm, and it's it's feeling worried or stressed is a very natural and a normal emotional response. So we, we we must forget that this is actually quite normal, and it's our our bodies and our brains just putting us into protective mode. Um, you know, like you say, it's very much on the practical front of getting everything that's required on the book list and on the school list. And um, but aside from that, if you have a child that maybe does feel a bit wobbly or a teen that's worrying about starting secondary or having that full-on independence going into college it's 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 quite normal so it's important that in some respects we we start off with being our children's calm and letting them know that you know what these feelings of worry and and you know feeling of overwhelm or nervousness or excitement it's very normal so giving them the permission to feel those feelings the difference and even within a family unit and on a sibling set, some kids um, will, you know, sail on in and not a bother. And then you might have their sibling that is 
really quite worried and has difficulty separating. I'm not talking about obviously our, our teenagers or our young adults, but it can really preoccupy our kids mind at this time of the year as we come off the summer holidays. So being there calm is the first point of call. And then um, acknowledging the feelings going, I can see you're feeling a little bit worked up or I get that you're you're feeling a little bit worried. And that's kind of acknowledging and and letting our kids know that we can see and, and we can and feel them. And it's in, important then to say, you know what, we are here to to, to support you and maybe then explore what can you do that might be helpful in those in those moments? Yeah, for sure. It's about keeping the communication open that we can, you know, relate to them, make them feel that we know what they're feeling and what they're feeling is okay in being nervous, anxious. It takes some kids, am I right in saying, Aoife, October, sometimes Christmas to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, it it and every 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 child will be different. Um, but it is important that we don't underestimate our children's ability to cope through the challenging times. Adjusting and, and transitions for our children can be tricky. So that might mean moving moving schools. It could be going into an older year and introducing into it like with a new um, teacher even. Um, and for, for them, I, I suppose it's it's trying to um, help them work through that but at the same time for our kids and the older they get and more often when they get caught up in those um, self-limiting beliefs of I can't I won't I won't be able um, you know they overestimate the challenge and underestimate their ability to actually get through it and and have that resilience in them sometimes it just takes longer for some kids more than others to get through that and I think as long as and, and like, I'm not a teacher but certainly I've worked with teachers over the years and between family members and teachers and colleagues, a lot of them would say, Look, keep communication open between home and school life. And if you feel you're entering into a school term, whether it be preschool, primary or secondary, you know, giving the heads up to maybe where that child is at. And certainly for our, our teenagers, you know, the, the, the actual years will have year heads. The, the, the classes will have class heads or class representatives so it's telling your teenager as well um, and, and sharing with them the importance of connecting in with those teacher heads if if needs be. For sure how important is it Aoife for the parents to stay connected with the teachers in relation to their kids and it's not even with just going back to school throughout the year I find I always try linking even through email with the teachers checking in how the kids are doing, how they're coping, how their behaviour is. And that really kind of gives you a look into how your child is coping throughout the school year. Absolutely. Um, And I would totally agree. And being a mum myself to both primary and secondary school children, um, we've had our fair share of um, times and moments where we've we've had to connect in with teacher, more so maybe by changes in form. you know, the big stuff, let's say, that impacts the adults' lives. And this could be a house move, family bereavement. Um, maybe uh, there's a family member sick at home, a new baby arriving. Maybe there's a, a parental separation. Maybe there's a new blended family that's just amalgamated. All of these big things, family and life events that impact the adults can have an impact on the kids. And sometimes we, we mightn't even think of that. So that can then spill into the school day. So while you might want to air all your personal situations, and I'm not suggesting that, just having that awareness that 
these elements could have an impact. And if your child struggles with sharing how they're feeling, the difference between adults and kids is that with adults, we can make the connection to how we're feeling and the environment and what's going on. For our kids, they can struggle with that. So therefore, it can come out in, in different behaviours and, and emotions. So if, you know, we are concerned, if school are highlighting that little Jimmy or little Anne or, or you know, things aren't flowing as well as maybe you anticipated, having those chats and maybe highlighting, do you know what, there has been change at home that might be that might be kind of a red flag to, to what might be happening. And, you know, the school want to be able to support the kids. So if there's any way that home home life and family life can support at home versus what school can do, that can really marry well and, and give our kids the opportunity to, to settle in. I mean, there's not always going to be an answer for everything. And for adults, I think sometimes we feel under pressure that we need to have the solution or we need, be, need to be able to... Um, you know, find the answers. But, you know, we have to give ourselves um, a bit of credit in that we're not always going to have those answers, but it is about having an informed and collaborative approach that can be really a starting point. Aoife, I think that is a fantastic piece of advice because no one, a lot of people don't realise that you are meshing your home life and they do take that into school and it becomes, you know, so important for you to link in. As you said, you don't have to tell all your private information, but keeping the teacher interlinked in some shape or form of what's going on with the child at home. Like it's like anything when a child acts out angrily or is upset or throwing tantrums. There's always a reason behind those tantrums. There's always uh, something a child can't articulate to you what's going on in their life so I think that's a fantastic piece of advice for our listeners how would you advise our listeners to uh, building resilience within our children around the school um, like like I mentioned earlier there in the chat that there is part where you know being confident in um, our kids ability to cope in new environments the likes of let's say for example navigating friendships we our kids spend most more time in school than they do at home in that kind of in the midweek time. So it's hard to, you know, be able to manage or influence interactions, for example, in, in the in the friendship setup. So it's in some respects trusting that our kids um will get through a certain amount on their own, but then being there and being available for them if needs be and share different tools to how um, you know they can help, for example, navigating certain friendship situations that might be happening in, in the classroom or you know in, in school um, during break time. But like if we are quick to jump in every time or take over every time something happens, we're not giving our kids the opportunity to like fend for themselves or figure it out for themselves. No, I'm not going to, I'm not saying that flippantly that we leave our kids off and let them figure it out for themselves. But in some situations, if we are very quick to come in, um, it, it doesn't give our kids the opportunity to build on those tools. And, um, you know, if we're fighting for their corner all the time, as, as, as time goes on, as they get older, they will need certain elements. And we, there will be teaching moments in our, in our children's lives whether it be ourselves, whether it be the trainers in on the football club or the ballet dancers or the, the teachers in school, <laughs> there will be moments where they're going to learn and then there's going to be other moments where 
you know, I mean, I've been a, par- been a parent myself. Your heart is broken every now and again, and it's hard to hear certain things. So it's being proactive then and thinking, right, what is the next plan of action? And regardless whether it's school or in a club or, or whatever, um, it's, it's taking it one step at a time. But resilience builds over the course of time. Um, and it's important that we don't um, kind of overuse the word resilience either. But um, it's taking opportunities where there are teaching moments for our kids and allowing them to see other people's perspectives. Um, like when our kids are older and they're teenagers and they're in secondary school, we are away from their lives more than we would have been in primary. Certainly with, um, you know, we're not connected with parents the way we would have been in primary school. So, um, and they're navigating more towards their friends. But I always say to families, and I can see it myself with my own kids, that tuning in to where and when maybe your kids are more inclined to chat. And I don't know about you, Katie, but I, I know and, and I do a lot of um, uh, workplace well-being, a lot of um, wellness talks in the workplace. And um, we all ask the question, when do your kids chat to you most? And it is often, you know, at bedtime and maybe in the car or when you're busy and distracted. Yeah, and for our older teenagers, it can be late at night when, you know, the house is quiet or maybe the younger kids are gone to bed. and That's where they tend to zone in. Now, we might be exhausted, but tuning into those moments can make a significant difference. For sure. I think it's all about having that balance between showing them that you're there and you'll protect them, but allowing them to build their own independence and also trusting uh, the teacher that they're going into every day. That's a massive, uh, important thing to be doing, because as you said, they're going to be with that uh, teacher the majority of the day as much as they are with the parent. So how important is it to put the trust in the teacher that they're with? Yeah, and... For, for anyone listening this morning and maybe they are a little bit worried that and, and going back to, let's say, preschoolers and our junior infant classes, um, you know, if they're concerned that they're going to be upset, maybe they're already talking about, I don't want to go into play school. I don't want to start school. They are just preempting and anticipating in their own little heads and their own little bodies that, um, oh, what am I going to do without you? Because essentially the adults in our children's lives are the ones that regulate these big emotions. So when there is that pending separation, they have that little, they have that wobble and they're like, how am I going to manage without you? And if anything, separation is, that separation anxiety, if you'd like to put it um, or phrase it like that, is a very natural and normal part of a positive, secure attachment. So um, what I always say to families is try and instill a nice little routine and um, when it comes to saying goodbye, you know, helping them regulate by giving them the hugs, the squeezy hugs, the kisses, uh, validating the, 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 the wobbly feelings, but trusting then in the teacher, in the childcare, early service providers, whoever is going to be the trusted adult in your child's life during those hours in the day, um, trust that they know what they're doing. They are so used to having the wobbles at the door, clinging to the leg. Um, and once our kids cross that line of preschool, primary, um, yes, it might take a little bit of soothing and comforting, but there will be plenty of hands on deck to help with those emotions. And once our kids start to experience and see, ah, right, these adults are also going to help me with my lunch or help me if I'm a bit wobbly or, you know, providing that structured, predictable routine. I'm feeling safe and I'm going to trust that, that that adult as well. And that's where it'll make things that little bit easier. That being said, you might have a child that will wave you off in the first couple of days, not a bother. <laughs> yeah. And then they realise, 
okay, actually, are we still doing this? Is this happening every day? Um, and you might see a delayed response in that they start to have those upset days and mornings. Don't be surprised. Don't feel like there's any major reason. It's just that they're they're starting to kind of, again, it, it's just kind of catching up on them. Um, so what I would say is avoid the long goodbyes. Um, uh, support them as best possible, but don't hang around because the longer sometimes we hang around, the harder it is for the child and for the adult to separate. That's amazing advice. And yes, I can remember I had one child that was like, bye, mom, and just left me. I was left crying. And then the other child was very (laughs) attached. And that is a great piece of advice to not hang around too long. Trust in the teacher and let them go. Aoife, sit tight. When we get back, I want to chat to you a little bit about our secondary school students heading into exams this year. And I want to talk about where our listeners can find you. Welcome back to Spin Now with me, Katie. And I'm still joined in studio with this week special guest it is Aoife Lee she is a parent coach of parentsupport.ie she's given us all the tips and tricks on how to handle back to school Aoife I wanted to dive into the secondary school kids the teenagers like this is a difficult area I have a teenager myself and from going into secondary school in first year heading into junior cert year leaving cert year or as you said earlier moving schools mid-secondary uh Teenagers are already vulnerable enough, I feel, with hormones going on and, you know, they're changing from a young child into a young adult. Uh, What advice would you give to parents for anxious teenagers that may be heading into secondary school starting off or the leaving cert year, junior cert year or even so changing schools mid-section? Yeah, there's there's a lot going on and you're absolutely right. Um, with our preteens and teenagers, more now more than ever, with online, um, you know, devices and phones and uh, social media, um, there is a huge, you know, amount of emphasis on how different life was even when we were teenagers. Um, you know, it's a different generation, and I think there's a lot more pressure on our preteens and teenagers. Mm-hmm. So when we throw not only the social aspect of friendships, but also going into secondary school and into an exam year, there are expectations, both for the teenagers themselves, that, wow, this is just huge transition. And then as our, as our um, older teens go into the exam years, there is those like that expectation. And before they're even, head, you know, before they even start, they're thinking, oh, my God, here we go, studies and exams. And you want as best we can to try and, um, you know, encourage and support our teenagers as best possible to try and, and you know, help them with that sense of, of calm and, and have that relatability with them and acknowledge that, you know what, this is big. It's not only just our preschoolers and primary school kids, but changing and moving from primary to preschool. They're gone from being the eldest to the youngest again, um, you know, experiencing and getting and adjusting to new faces, new routines, new schedules, and having to be 100% solely responsible and independent from themselves while they're in school. And that all comes, and that can often feed into feelings of overwhelm. So the more we can kind of name those stages out loud with them, um, as well as um, helping them prepare as best possible is, is, a, is a great starting point. Um, and, you know, the making friends 
is probably one of the biggest things um, our teenagers can worry about, particularly if they're moving from a primary where they don't have anyone else with them and they're going to have to make friends. So it can take quite a while to settle in. And in, I mentioned earlier in the interview just around how there is um, head teachers for the year and also in the classes. So it's important that they know that there is someone there to connect with, you know, if they if they need them. For sure, if I feel like uh, this talking point of the interview is so important because I am a true believer that our kids of this generation have so much pressure and it's the social side, it's the phones, it's trying to find that balance of routine of studying and bed early and detaching the child from the phones and the outside noise. Back in our day, we used to go to school. You'd have your day of school. You come home and you'd be able to switch off. Our teenagers come home from school, whatever happened in school, it might lead into the phones and being at home. What advice would you give parents to the structure around studying bed early, how important bed early is and taking the phones at night time, it seems to be a massive yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and what you're you're essentially kind of talking about there is establishing uh, kind of expectations and boundaries um, uh, for our teenagers. A big part of this, a big element of this is for the adults at home, whether you are a single parent, whether you are part of a blended family, whether you're a family unit co-parenting, it's talking about right, what has worked previously, what needs to change up, what is clearly not working and what we really need to navigate away from and making some kind of decisions together, um, if at all possible, with the adults at home um, and deciding right, what is going to work best and then having your teenager part of that conversation. Because the more we can have them involved, the more they'd be willing to work with us on it. So the likes of routines have an idea, and this kind of applies even for our primary school kids, but give um, some sense of a plan or what those mornings are going to look like. And we have to bear in mind that for some of our teenagers, they're going to be catching a bus or a Lewis or a train, public transport looking at the timeline of their morning what can they do to be organised the night before and I know some kids are they're away with the fairies and some are more <laughs> organised but this is the aspect that will help in that routine um, and then obviously discussing lunch options and, and etc um, and then obviously the books and everything are, are a big aspect to it so it might mean about kind of helping them in those first few weeks navigate all of that when it comes then to the evening times um, agree some loose routine on uh, what's going to happen when they come in in the evenings and rather than they feeling like we're telling them what to do it is having them the emphasis of having them part of that conversation going right we need to take into account you're going to come in you want to have a chill out bit of chill out time and maybe a little bit of being you know heading outside for a little bit um, and then study and, and homework one thing that has been a big help in our house has um let's say subjects that they're covering on a day, let's say they've got geography on a Tuesday and then geography again on a, a, a Friday. Homework that's given on a Tuesday's geography class, ideally if they can do that written work on the day that it's given as opposed to the Thursday night ready for the, fr- the Friday class because it's more fresher in their mind. Encourage that maybe um, study and written work, uh, homework is done at a similar time in the evenings. And yes, compromise on phone use that the one rule is that phone is not part of that study space and that is just setting that boundary yes 
with our teenagers expect resistance. But um, if you don't say it, they're not going to ask you what the plan is. And as well as that, you mentioned about devices in the bedroom. Try and avoid, if at all possible, avoid the charging of phones in the bedroom. Avoid the gaming device screens in the bedroom, laptops in the bedroom. Because what happens is it, and there's, there's a blue light that's omitted from these devices that interferes with the natural production of the sleep hormone melatonin and that's what keeps our kids awake and you know it's safe to say with social media they're going to be going to bed and potentially scrolling until the early hours you're going to have a very exhausted teenager trying to get them up out of the bed so it's trying to empower them that they are part of that decision making and that routine planning and they don't feel like we're constantly the ones telling them what to do because that's when you will face resistance and pushback. Amazing, amazing advice, Aoife, honestly, because it's something, uh, you know, it's so hard with teenagers and you see this. It's like anything with adults or younger primary school kids. You know, the routine is key. Um, but I do feel with teenagers, it's about giving that space that they're heard, we're heard, and they understand that we're doing this for their best benefit and like you said you know if they're on the phones till all hours you've got a cranky tired teenager which will that will follow them into school that will affect their schoolwork, and then it's it's just a downward spiral really Uh, Aoife Mm. I could honestly talk to you all day you've given us so much (laughs) important information honestly but you're not just here to tell us about back to school tell me a little bit about what you do uh, over at your website yeah, I've, I've parentsupport.ie and then I'm on social media at parentsupport on Instagram and Eiffel at Eiffel on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, look, I've been supporting families for the last 22 years and um, parent support has been my fourth baby and I've um, <laughs> been supporting a lot of um, families across the country for many years um, and now my focus is very much on um, um, corporate wellness and looking after um, working families as well. But I have a huge amount of resources on my website and um, including a couple of e-courses, etc. So whatever you're looking for, it's likely to be there from fussy eating, toilet training, um, you know, parental preference, separation anxiety, um, um, of all ages, uh, it's, 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 it's there. And um, I have to say, as a parent myself, I totally understand and get how challenging day-to-day life can be and yes there are fabulous times but um one thing I'd say just even on all the advice I've given here this morning while you might try something out let's say um and if you do experience that kind of pushback it's okay to uh, you know come back from that and try again and persevere because often what happens is when we introduce something new the kids are like, oh, what's all this about? Um, we don't like it and they'll push back. That's sometimes where we kind of have a panic mode going, okay, that's not going to work. We move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I always say this to my families and, and you'll see it across any of my resources on my website that um, consistency and perseverance and following through, uh, as difficult as it is, it can really pay off big time. So, um, you know, I'd like to wish everybody listening today best of luck, whether you've got preschool, primary starting, whether you've got kids starting secondary school or you've got the bigger kids uh, returning, um, you know, best of luck. And uh, this is a real opportunity to reset the the button and, and, um, you know, have that fresh start. Aoife, honestly, thank you so much for all your advice this morning on Spin Now and thanks for taking the time to join me. Thank you so much, Katie. Lovely to be on.